Welcome back in to another episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. How are you guys holding up with this purgatory-esque quarantine? I know that uh, Josh and I have been getting a little stir crazy, so we've decided to pop on and go over a little bit of listener feedback as well as break down everything that we've been watching and that we are very excited to watch, especially something featuring a favorite from our favorite show, Peaky Blinders. Thanks for listening. All off-season long, we're going to continue to pile up as much content as we can. Go ahead and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. We haven't had a good review in a while, so if you guys are feeling a little spunky and want to go into the Apple review, give us as many stars as you think we deserve and write something fun on there. I know the last review was calling for a female voice, and Josh, we just aim to please. So we had Dina Corzon on the podcast who played Grand Duchess Isabella. And, you know, I'd love to have more female voices. So go ahead and hit us up with any of your reviews, any of your opinions. I know we have some fantastic recommendations for shows to watch. And, of course, Josh, we got to talk to Ollie. We got to talk to Billy Kitchen. We got to talk to Grand Touches Isabella. What were those three interviews like? And I know we have one more that I haven't posted yet that I'm excited to later this week. It's been awesome having you know, these perspectives from actresses, very different perspectives on their experiences on the show, on set, all of their experiences with the other actors and actresses. You know, if you listen to to the Adam uh, L. Hagar interview compared to the uh, Dina Corzun interview, completely different perspectives on their time with the show. And it's just just been awesome. So I highly recommend that if you are a fan of the show and you love these characters, even though they're minor roles as much as we do, I highly recommend taking lessons of those interviews. I mean, I don't want to say that we would prefer to have a, 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 an Ollie to, you know, an Alfie, but I feel like they, you know, it's different asking a superstar how it's like to work with a couple of people he's never heard of, as opposed to asking these up and coming actors what it's like to work with legends. And it was so cool to hear Adam Hagar talk about how he's been idolizing Tom Hardy for the last, what, 15, 17 years watching him as a kid in Birmingham. And then he gets to sit right beside him and essentially not have to act at all because Ollie really is, you know, blown away by the, uh, by the, the power that Alfie has. And so if you haven't listened to those podcasts, go back, listen to us talk to Adam, listen to us talk to Paul, listen to us talk to Dina. And if you want to watch them, it's so cool to see the, the, interaction between these actors josh and i and so we've posted all of the videos through zoom onto our patreon at patreon.com slash by order of peaky and that's just five dollars a month you get bonus content josh and i what we're going to do is record an episode right after this that's going to go to patreon and so we'll talk later about what that episode's going to entail so you're really missing out if you're not on patreon.com slash by order of peaky but first josh Let's get to a little bit of listener feedback. And the first one is going to be from Dupio Nice on Reddit, who said a little bit of a reaction to our car conversation. When I was driving through the country, that felt like six months ago when I was driving from California to Florida, and we had to get our emergency podcast out when we heard that Peaky Blinders was delayed. And so this... This has about 16 bullet points, Josh. So it's, it's filled with information, mainly because we asked all of our listeners to hit us back with shows that they're watching. 
So this is what Doppy says. First off, Better Call Saul is so good. Do you watch Better Call Saul? I am currently still in the middle of season four of Better Call Saul. As I said on the pod, I, th- I think I mentioned on the pod, I you know, had been keeping up with it. And then I was in my first year of law school when I think season three was out. And it's on, and I didn't have like an AMC. I'm not a big watching on my computer kind of guy. So the second I missed like two or three episodes in a row, it was hard for me to catch up because my dad deleted the episodes off of the, off of the TiVo log. So I had been waiting until the, the seasons subsequently were dropped on Netflix, kind of like a Peaky Blinders post BBC kind of drop on Netflix. And so season four just recently dropped on Netflix. And so I'm uh, in the not just recently, but I'm like almost done with season four and I love Better Call Saul. It is such a great show. You would think that it, it couldn't even be close to Breaking Bad, but Vince Gilligan has that, you know, he's like, he's a directing genius. He's a production genius and Better Call Saul is as good as Breaking Bad. And I cannot wait to see season five. I'm sure you're caught up. Yep. I, I'm actually one episode behind live. So I think they're on season five, episode eight coming up or maybe just aired last night. Monday, uh, April 6th, but I'm on episode seven. So, and it's, you know what they do, Josh? They just throw a hundred miles an hour, every pitch, hitting the mitt every single time, right in the strike zone. It's as good. It's just a slow burn, the same way Breaking Bad was. And it's just so entertaining. Every actor is at the top of their game. Ray Seahorn, who plays um, Kim Wexler, just deserves all the awards. She's great. Phenomenal. She's great. You really, you really hit home there, Daniel, with, with that baseball analogy and that, and that metaphor. It really, really hurts to, to think about actual sports being played, but I guess it's the closest thing that we're going to get to sports. But Better Call Saul, I guess I can say Breaking Bad as well, in conjunction with Better Call Saul, always hits it out of the park to go off that analogy. It's just every episode is something different. You're like, why is this episode going so slow? And then you're like, oh, this is why it's going so slow. Because they want you to pay attention to every single minute detail of the show. And Kim Wexler in the show, the the actress, I don't know what else she's been in, but she is phenomenal. She plays the part so well. Yeah, so her name is Ray Seahorn. And as far as I have seen, it's, it's nothing. I mean, I have not seen anything that she was in beforehand. Maybe something deep into her past because her face is a little familiar. I know she was in she was in a little bit of Veep, maybe six or seven episodes of that just by looking up, but I, I don't recall her in Veep as well. She's been in some, you know, cable shows here or there, like, you know, Franklin and Bash or House of Lies or Law and Order, but Reset, Ray Seahorn, however you say her name, is so good. Let's keep going because We've got so much knowledge dropped in this one feedback. So our listener says that they're from the California area in full lockdown, trying to give, keep their small business afloat. So we wish you luck. Also trying to watch all the TV mad that they haven't really gotten into Curb Your Enthusiasm because they love Seinfeld and, and this, this season 10 of Curb just finished. That's just, it's just such a fun watch because you can just teleport yourself away from the real world. It's, it really is the most real world show that you could watch because first of all, the way that it's shot, I don't, I'm not really, you know, a cinematography or filmography kind of person that understands different cameras and different kind of footage, but the, but the shots are so real life. It's kind of like you're filming, you know, um, it's kind of like judge Judy kind of thing where it's like, it's filmed in real time and you feel like you're actually in real time and that 
there's not really a camera. It's like someone just holding up their, their phone or something and filming the show. And it's very, it's very uh, improvised as well. So that's why it feels so real is because all these things happen to every single family, to every single person, you know, in so many different moments. I always tell my dad that was, that was such a curb moment. Oh, that was such a curb thing to say. And that's why this show is so much fun to watch because it resonates with a lot of people differently. I couldn't, couldn't agree more with you, Josh. Some other, some other shows that they recommend are Outlander, which I mentioned. They said so good. Also, Arrested Development, Shit's Creek, Life in Pieces are good, funny ones. They said more intense shows are Shameless, The Sun, Harlots, and A Million Little Things. So those are some recommendations from a listener who also was mad. This was 19 days ago, but mad that Ozark had to say, not, not be posted right when coronavirus hit. But they said... Waiting a week is not that bad. Give it to us, Netflix. And Josh, you can take it away here. Ozark is, uh, is your, your baby so far. I love Ozark. I've watched Ozark since the first, the first day that it dropped on Netflix. We decided to, to, uh, to take a watch on that. And I just started season three. And I've heard, I've seen a lot of tweets saying that season three of Ozark is arguably one of the best seasons of television ever. And that's, and so far two episodes in, I could see why that's, you know, taking that, that trajectory and Daniel, you you really need to get on it. And if you guys haven't watched Ozark, tremendous show, Jason Bateman, uh, I think he kind of writes a little bit of it and he directs it and he stars in it and he's tremendous. He's, he's so good at playing the, the, like, I, I've reached the lowest of low kind of character where all the bad things happen to him and he makes you feel sorry for him. Yeah, he's a great everyman kind of guy with horrible bosses and, and everything that, that Jason Bateman is known for. You can relate to him. And so going from that, I actually did watch season one when it came out back, whatever, three years ago. Loved it. Season two never really got into, and that was right in the peak of, like, prestige TV for me. So I just, I just couldn't – I just never put – what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch a recap video for season two and then just dive into season three, and I'm excited for that. But another character – that is an, is an everyman guy. And, and, and the last thing that, that was mentioned on this feedback, and you guys can all reach out to us and we're going to talk about it no matter how short or long your feedback is, is a quote here. I never watched season two of Westworld. I wanted to, but I haven't. And so Aaron Paul, who does pretty much everything possible to be an, an everyman kind of person in his role as Jesse Pinkman, he d- he's doing a pretty good job, Josh, in Westworld season three. And, and I know you're, you're signed off of it, but we have to just, I have to talk to the people who are still watching and say that the last two episodes, whatever it was, episodes three and four of Westworld have kept me tuned in. So that's all we really have to mention with Westworld. But I just want to mention that Aaron Paul's another one of those actors that's, that's a good everyman. And so that'll... That'll get us back into the Peaky Blinders world if you want to if you want to get away from from talking about other shows. Well, well, I, I will say Westworld has. If you guys listened to the pod recently, especially the Emergency Rona pod, I was very, very off Westworld. I wrote it off. It's gotten a little better. It's just like like where like just think about it where it was in season one to where it is now. I wish that we were still in season one. Like I don't like this outside worlds, outside universe of the hosts kind of do whatever they want and. It's just so many different characters being introduced. Like, where are all the characters that we met in season one? Like, give me Anthony Hopkins. I miss him. You know, give me more Arnold. So, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm still giving it a chance. I'm still watching. Obviously, I still don't hate it. 
but uh, you know, let's let's give it a few more. Yeah, and and I want to apologize to everyone for the the little bit of static. It's 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 going to happen when when you're using Zoom when when Josh and I have to uh, be what 80 70 miles apart and and yet so close but so far away and, and i want to get to one feedback from a listener that is about peaky blinders just for those of you guys that are still uh still listening for peaky blinders talk <laughs> we just got away from that for a minute but i got a great comment from janet who's been talking about tommy shelby's cut on his face for like three months now we've been going back and forth on facebook and we've mentioned her before she bought the book by order of the peaky blinders which is the official tie-in book to the hit Netflix series. And in the book, she read a page and she sent me a picture saying, he has a scar on his cheek, which is from Darby Sabini during season two. These scars are a symbol. We're reminded that just like the violence from World War I, there is consequence to violence, one that lasts all the way to World War II. So there's a perfect example of being explained. And I wish Stephen Knight would just explain everything he did, but I think the openness kind of keeps it... Uh, keeps it fun to have us speculate about it. But that's a good little grab by Janet about the cut that we've talked about so much during the rewatch. It's going back to, you know, you know, thinking about Darby Sabini and all these characters back from season one, two, and three to where we are now. It's just the show just reminds you of all the diverse characters and all the diverse callbacks to history and the, and the, and the reality and the historical significance behind the show. It's kind of like breaking the fourth wall a little bit to, to real to real history and then putting fiction in it, but it also being very based off of real characters in real life, which we spoke about with Adam L. L. Hagar and Paul Bullion in our, in our interviews that, you know, this is based off of real gangsters loosely. So all these characters have some real life significance, even though they might not be exactly the exact characters which they're portraying, but just phenomenal job by the show always. So that's a great comment. And then lastly, you know, just wanted to give you guys a quick update on something that we're very excited about. And we mentioned it a little bit in our interview that we'll be posting later in the week with another surprise guest star from the show. But Josh, on April 26th, just four days after Peaky Blinders will be released on Netflix for those in the UK, a new Sky production, which has been in the making for over a year now called Gangs of London is due to be released. And on the cover, the face of the beautiful Joe Cole as they will tell the story of London being torn apart by the turbulent power struggles of the international gangs that control it and the sudden power vacuum that's created when the head of the most powerful crime family in London is assassinated. I'm in. Oof, oof, oof. Daniel, man, we need this. We, this, is, this is what the peaky people need. I couldn't agree more. I, I need it. I'm ready for Joe Cole. I'm ready for Michelle Fairley, who you may know as Kat Stark from Game of Thrones. I, I'm a little scared to go through and look at who the other actors are because I already made the mistake of going to IMDb and now I know how many episodes certain actors are in and I shouldn't have done that. So I would recommend that you guys do not look up like the IMDb for this show. It is what it is, you know, but I will just tell you those are two main I don't know characters. why they I don't know why they do that. It's frustrating. It's, it's, it's like I've had shows and movies not movies, but shows ruined for me where it's like only in it's like the show's like let's say it's 16 episodes and it's like characters only only in it for nine it's like oh well he gets killed off yeah imagine watching game of thrones and getting it ruined for you like rob stark only in this amount of episodes what 
it, it is what, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things where we've, I've kind of signed up for it because I used to be someone that never watches trailers. I hated to know what I was watching. I like to be completely surprised by it. But now that we're in the kind of medium where we want to talk about it and I don't want to know, I don't want to know things like who is the man in black season one. And so if I had been, you know, a podcast fan, I would have heard right, all right. the Reddit theories when we were watching and it would have kind of been spoiled for me. And so now a lot of the theories I am hearing because I love listening to TV show podcasts, but it's just, it's just one of those things that you sign up for and you, you either get all of it or you get none of it. And, and Josh, the right. one thing that I, that I teased is on our Patreon episode this week, what we're going to be posting and recording right after we finish here is Josh and I are going to watch the official Gang of London's trailer live recording, and we're going to react to it. We'll pause in different points. We can talk about what we saw in that trailer and how excited we are for Gangs of London, a show that if it does live up to the hype, Josh and I may just kind of recap it, not as in detail as we have with Peaky Blinders, but it's a perfect kind of off-season thing for a Peaky Blinders podcast, the number one Peaky Blinders podcast in the world, to hit you guys. Because if, if you're a Peaky Blinders fan, it feels like you're going to be a Gangs of London fan, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be Peaky Blinders. You know, it's not going to be the same. But it's the closest thing we'll get to it. And it'll be interesting and exciting to see Joe Cole take a step in a lead role. You know, we saw him as an ans- not an ancillary character, but a, but a supporting character. If, if it was a movie, he'd be up for best supporting actor. And it'll be interesting to see him take that, you know, that, that leap in his acting career. Not to say that he hasn't played main roles in his career, but it's going to be interesting to see him take that leap in a similar role. Like, let's see if he's taken tips from Killian Murphy. Let's see if they're similar characters, if they're, if they're portrayed similarly. We don't know. That's what's going to make this so fun to watch. And I'm excited to learn while we watch the trailer who Joe Cole is going to be because I haven't really read too much into that. The only thing I've seen him star in is that great movie, A Night Before Dawn or A Prayer Before Dawn, where he's the boxer in the, uh, the South Pacific prison, which is super intense, but he doesn't do a lot of talking because no one around him speaks a lot of English. So that's a little bit more of a, of a sullen role. So I'm excited to see what that is from Joel. And, and lastly, before we sign off, I don't know if you have anything else to say here, but I'm starting to watch a show with my family Great, great, great silver lining just to be able to spend some time with family through this. And I hope everyone was able to go home, those who can get to their home and spend some time with their parents. But we started Sons of Anarchy. And Sons of Anarchy is a Peaky Blinders show. It is it has got the same gang family drama, you know, storyline inside, and it is really good. So I recommend that for anyone who likes that style, along with Animal Kingdom, which was the other Finn Cole production. It's going to be, you know, this is a good time to start new shows with your family. I started the, the show Unorthodox with my family. I started a show called Fosse Verdon, which has been out for a little bit, about a Broadway director played by Sam Rockwell. This is the time to, to bear down, hunker down, be with your family, and watch those shows that you haven't gotten a chance to watch. So, you know, these are the little silver linings, as Daniel said. So take advantage of it. So there we go. Let us know who you want us to try to get to, because I'll tell you, I've reached out to every single actor on the show we have gotten some responses. We've got a fan favorite who was only in one episode. Can you guess who it is? We've got that being released later this week along with this episode. And all of the video from all of our interviews will be on patreon.com slash Peaky. So you don't even really need to leave your house for coffee anymore. So just, just save that $5 a month that you would spend on coffee. Throw it towards us, two guys who are just trying to bring you one hour of entertainment a week. And thanks so much for listening. For Josh, I'm Daniel. We binge so you don't have it.